Welcome to Try This at Home with Leslie and Leslin, a podcast that offers you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating a better life. Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. More than half of my practice is couples therapy. And while some of them are in deep trouble by the time they get to my office, the smarter ones are coming in for a tune-up. And that's one of the keys to creating a magic marriage. Today, we're sharing a few more. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. Hi, Leslie. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I can't think of a reason. I mean, I could think of tons of ways to complain, but I really can't think of any that would be productive. So I'm just going to say I'm great. And we're going to leave it at that. Well, that is wonderful. And uh, honestly, I feel the same. Same, same. Good. Yeah. Good. You know, we are getting down to the wire. And last week, we talked about all kinds of problems in marriages. But I don't, I didn't want to leave it there because there's a lot of great things about marriage and relationships. And I thought it would be helpful if we could really focus on those and help people understand what works so they can do more of that. Yes. I I like this topic a lot better than the problems <laughs> in marriages. <laughs> yeah, well, you actually have a, a... I think that your marriage probably follows a lot of these things. So you'll be a good person to... To respond. Yeah, I feel like I need to to give a little disclaimer. Okay. Because I might... I, I'm imagining that I'm going to be sounding very annoying through this podcast <laughs> with the things I have to say. I, I have a really good marriage. I, I do. And it's not because it's easy. I mean, we, you know, we work at it. But I will say I am... Both my husband and I are very, very, very happily married. Good. Good. That, that's good. You know, I use the term magic marriage, but I actually made that up. There is no magic, right? When you just said we work really hard at it, that's, that's how a happy marriage exists is by attention and hard work, right? Yeah, I heard I heard something or saw something recently that said marriage is hard, divorce is hard. Choose your hard. Mm. That's good, actually. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Now, having said that, and I think we even said this last week, and if we didn't, then I'll say it now. There are certain conditions under which divorce is necessary, right? Any kind of, of abuse. And I tell clients when they come in, I'm like, look, you can choose to go live on the greener grass, but I promise you, it is still just grass. <laughs> right. Might be yep. greener, but it's still grass. It still needs all of the things that this grass has or needs to, in order to live. Just it five. needs water, yeah. it needs cut. It's, you know, it's just grass. Right. So Leslie, I think that's actually a really good point. You know, and I talk I talked in the intro about a tune-up. And 
I, I'm sure I've said this before, but it makes so much sense. We, for everything else that we want to keep, we do maintenance on it. We do maintenance on our home, on our car, on our appliances. And the idea that we do maintenance on our marriage or any other relationship, just on ourselves, it just makes so much sense. So today, as we go through this list, I hope that you'll kind of think of it as a maintenance checklist. Yeah. Sound good? Great. Yes. All right. Okay, so what first, first. All right. Well, first I want to, before we even get to the list, I want to ask you, what is your single biggest or most effective marriage tip? Oh, well, the one that I think has saved us many, many times is when we disagree on something. Because I will, I will say we do agree on a lot, so that makes it easy, obviously. But when we disagree, we go with whoever feels the most strongly about that situation. Okay, now, good. That so that's what. Well, I was gonna say that requires like maturity and a real commitment to being honest about who truly does care more because it would be very easy to just say, well, I care the most. We're going with mine, you know, to get your way. Mm -hmm. You know, if we disagree about, this is a silly example, but let's say the car that we are going to buy. I'm not, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't really care about cars all that much. So I'll say, look, here's my two cents. You know, I know what you think. You care more about this, so I'm going to defer to you. Mm -hmm. And that has that has really, really worked for us. I and that's really a good strategy. I usually tell people rank how you feel about it on a scale of one to ten. Right. And if somebody's at a nine or a ten, and you're only at a five or below, give it to them. Exactly. Yep. If yep. you're both at a 10 in your opposing positions, yeah. that's a different story, right? Yes. Or if you're both at a 7, if you're with if you're equally within a, you know, a number, then you then there does need to be a compromise. And I think that it's also important I've had people show up where to one person everything's always a 10. And so the other individual doesn't have the experience of being able to use their voice and, and have any right. little wins, so to speak. Yes. And I, so I think that that's an excellent mechanism to use as long as there's reciprocity. Mm -hmm. yep. And that, you know, that you have this, this sharing of engagements, you know, you, you can share those things. But the Gottmans who do most of the research or they have the largest body of research when it comes to couples counseling say that 80% of the things that couples disagree about are actually not resolvable. And I found that Ooh, fascinating. Yeah. So their advice is, having said that, there's typically something inside the resolve the unresolvable issue where 
you can agree on something. So while let's say that you want a Chevy and Dustin wants a Ford and you're, you're both feeling a 10. And so now that becomes unresolvable. Let's at least agree that we're going to get an automatic transition transmission and airbags around. Right. So I think something like that, there's usually something that you can find inside those discrepancies to agree on that takes the pressure off the bigger outstanding choice. Yeah. I I was just thinking, so one very real example from our marriage where we were both at a 10 is having more children. Mm. I would have preferred to have another child. And Dustin was like, hell no. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, we, we didn't have any more. He, he got him mm-hmm. a second that was it. We went with him. But in that sort of instance, even though I felt very strongly about it, I recognize that we do have three children and certainly I'm not going to ask someone to have another baby. That's a lifelong commitment if they're mm-hmm. not all in, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And w- we have talked about foster care, right? So that's like mm-hmm. kind of what you were saying, like, where's the, right. where's the middle ground part? That's right. Because foster care wouldn't be necessarily a lifelong commitment. That's right. And yet it would meet some of those needs. I had that discussion too, and I was done after three. Um, and my ex-husband wanted to try for a boy. And I said, well, we're just going to let God decide then. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, I was pregnant with a girl. <laughs> And I couldn't imagine my life without her. I tell, I mean, this story is not new and Emily is very aware of it. Right. And she she knows that my my feeling about this is that she was just a little soul sitting there ready to be born. And it was, right. <laughs> you know, it was just kind of, okay, yep, God, that was the right decision, mom. God's going to decide right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and, uh, you know, I've always said, well, you were an angel because I, you know, I basically left it up to God. So I was, you know, anyway. All right. Yeah. I could talk about that for a while. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's get back to our list. So these yeah. are tips for a magic marriage. First and foremost, make it your job to learn how to communicate effectively. I think the reason that you and Dustin can have these disagreements and come to a compromise is because you can talk about it. You're you're effective communicators more often than you're not. Yes, I would agree. We have we have seven episodes in season one dedicated to effective communication. Episodes 12 through 19 in season one specifically address communication. Talk about your feelings. Listen. Be a good listener. (laughs) And don't make any assumptions. Ever. I know that's contrary to what we kind of do. You know, I know you so well. I brought you some vanilla ice cream with whole beans in it. God, when was the last time I ate vanilla ice cream with whole beans? 
Well, when we were dating, you loved it. Yeah, but that was 15 years ago. I mean, I've right. had this art. <laughs> I have heard this argument a million times if I've heard it once. Just don't make assumptions. Hey, listen, if I was going to surprise you with ice cream, what what's your favorite these days? Yeah. Right? This, I think, happens. If, if I, oh, this might be my second best piece of advice in the same vein as Jonas Vim. If you want something, ask for it. I have so many friends, and by the way, I have been in this position myself many times, who are disappointed every anniversary, every birthday, every holiday, because they were hoping that their husband would give them X, Y, or Z, or do X, Y, and Z, and he didn't, and then they're disappointed. And... My husband, whom I love, obviously, very much for the longest time, gave me the most practical gifts, which I hated. At one point, he gave me a trash can. No kidding. <laughs> for my birthday. <laughs> and I, I, look, we used to be broke, right, when he was in grad school. So he was trying to kill two birds with one stone, okay? We need a trash can. It was my birthday. <laughs> there you go. Look, I get it. but. I told him last year, I said, I would really like it if you got me something from Kendra Scott. And lo and behold, Christmas morning, I got a necklace and an earring set. And this year, he just asked me, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, I would like another set of something from Kendra Scott. Now, I can already hear the people saying, well, that takes all the surprise away and, you know, yada, yada, yada. You can either have the surprise or you can have the potential disappointment. You have to decide which one is more important. Yeah. And I'm going to say that, I mean, I, t- I agree with you. Ask, ask, ask for what you want. But I, I disagree that it can't be a surprise. And I say that because that's what Amazon wish list and Pinterest is for. Sure. When I get ready to do my shopping, I go right to find out if my the person I'm shopping for has an Amazon wish list. Mm-hmm. And if they and I put I put things on my Amazon wish list all the time. Right. I also use Pinterest because when somebody pins something to a clothing board or a jewelry board or home organization or whatnot, it's something they want or they like. That's and true. so then I go in search of that thing. And I am known as a very good gift giver. Mm-hmm. I also think that I, re- I can remember my husband giving me a ring one time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so me. I love it. And he goes, yeah, it was on your wish list down at Vogue Jeweler. And uh-huh. jewelry stores, man, they are so smart. Because they'll have wine and cheese nights and have ladies come in and you know, usually around the beginning of October and the ladies would get send an invitation, they'd come in and they'd pick stuff out and they'd put it on their wish list. And then the jeweler would send an invitation for the men to come shopping at Christmas on Valentine's Day and for Mother's Day. 
Yeah. And yeah. I had totally forgotten what I put on that list. Right. To be honest, if you asked me what was on my Pinterest board at the moment, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to get me something from the Pinterest board, I would be totally surprised. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Well, that's so, the thing. If you're not, if, if whoever you're dealing with is not naturally inclined to think of things like that, you, you might need to tell them. I have an Amazon yes. wish list. I have a Pinterest board. You know, if yes. you want to preserve some of the surprise, yes, that's definitely a way you can do it. Yeah. When my future son-in-law came into this family and noticed how I, how I shopped, well, mostly that I had a list and how easy it was for him to shop for me. <laughs> he called his parents and said, okay, that's it. From now on, you guys have to have Amazon wish list. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I know, you know it and this, it's so easy. It does. And just because it's on an Amazon wish list doesn't mean you have to buy it from Amazon. You can still see what it is and go to a local retailer and get something similar to it. Yeah, of course. It's just kind of this universally accessible place to have it. So I think it's super cool. Yeah. All right. So All right. that's communication. This next one is something that Dustin is insanely good at. That's probably one of the reasons you love him so much. It's yeah. daily appreciation. Yes. Magic there marriage. There is not a day that goes by where he does not compliment me in some way on something. Magic marriage, daily appreciation. <laughs> you know, it's really pretty simple. I, I probably was only in practice a couple of years before... I sat down one day and I was telling Harlan, you know what I just realized? Not one of my couples that I'm working with feels appreciated. Mm. Nobody in the relationship feels appreciated. It's probably, outside of infidelity, the single biggest complaint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People who feel appreciated do not have broken marriages. <laughs> Think about right. that. It's a panacea. Sure. Daily appreciation. It's kind of like if you have a daily gratitude practice, you need to have a daily appreciation practice of your partner. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where noticing it isn't enough. You have to verbalize it. Yes. So Dustin will often you know, aside from complimenting me just on like, you know, my appearance or other, other things that men tend to do, you know, he'll say, oh, thanks for making dinner. I mean, it's, you know, it's so mundane, but I, I know he, I know he's appreciative. And likewise, if I come home and he's cleaned something up, you know, I'm like, oh, hey, thanks for doing the dishes and cleaning the floors or whatever. I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be this long drawn out, you know, huge fanfare. <laughs> it's just a simple yeah. kind word, you know? What did Harlan always used to say to you? Well, he, he always complimented me on stuff. Yeah. Always. Well, was, he was pretty famous for saying one particular phrase. You're I, the I, best. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he did say that a lot. Yeah. But yeah. he always yeah. he would compliment on me. on like, Oh, I like your shirt or yeah. your hair looks nice or, you know, just a variety of things. It wasn't always physical stuff, obviously, but I mean, women, 
women like hearing that their hair looks nice. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. We need to talk about this in a little bit more detail, us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much did he compliment you? <laughs> I'm kidding. He was, he was, he really believed that it was his mission yeah. to help people feel better about themselves in their day. And yeah. it didn't matter who you were. When you walked into the shop, he would say, oh, what a great sweater. Or, yeah. Yeah. man, those look like golfing hands. Or, right. <laughs> you know, oh, right. I've always wanted a pair of boots like that. As a matter of fact, bless his heart, he would say, I need to shut up because <laughs> I'll start these. He said he, he was really more of an introvert. And he, then he let himself out there to believe. And he would say, I don't know what happens, Les. These people just stand there at the counter and they talk and I can't yeah. get any work done. And I'd be like, Harlan, then stop Talking. asking them so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that was funny. And you know what? He trained people, by the way, to do that because when I was there a couple of times, when he, at the end, when he was sick and not there much, I would be doing my own printing and people would come up and talk to me uh, all the time. And I'm thinking like, I got things to do, guys. But I think they were so used to coming in and chatting with him. That's just what they came for. It is. It is. There, <laughs> You know, and he really loved it at the core, but he would get frustrated that he right. sometimes didn't have enough time to get done what needed to be done. But anyway, at so the end fun. of the day, when... You know, I think what we're saying is that when you appreciate people or when you compliment people, you become, people want to be with you. People like that. Yeah. You know, and while you have to probably set boundaries and make sure that you have limits so you're not attracting a bunch of narcissists, there are, in your marriage, in your relationship, it's really important to make sure that you express that appreciation. Yeah. All right, number three on the list. And I think that this is key. It's an absolute recommendation I make for all of my couples. You must have something as a couple to look forward to. Hmm. Now, so, it like, doesn't. Are you talking about a vacation or what? Like what? It could be. It could be a vacation. It could be a project around the house. It could be really a weekend away. It could be dinner. A date night. It could be the promise of a little hanky panky later that day. <laughs> it could. It can be anything, but it's something that you are jointly looking forward to. And what that does is it it unites you in your vision of the future. Yeah. Super super important. When we stop having something that we see us together in. We stop thinking of us together. Yeah. we For Dustin and I right now, actually, it's we usually do have something to that effect. Right now, it's a financial goal. Good. Actually. Which is weird. That's great. But No, I yeah. think that's great. I mean, my brother and sister-in-law are kind of doing the same thing. They live in D.C. and they want to buy a house. And if you do, if you buy a house in D.C. and you're going to have any kind of a down payment, you're talking a six-figure down payment. Right. Yeah. And 
And that's a lot, you know, they're, yeah. they've been, in, they've both also been in grad school for the last decade, you know, and now that they're making good money, but they're kind of starting from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. And you're having to save a hundred thousand dollars or more. That's a hefty fight. I mean, the ultimate goal is a house. Yeah. But before you can have the house, you have to have the down payment and that's, right. you know, well into the hundred thousand dollar range because you yeah. don't get a house in DC for not a house for under a no, million dollars. Insanely expensive to live there. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So that's good. Next, check in and make sure that you're on the same page with regularity. So this kind of relates to the the last one. You it's so important to make sure that that united thing that you see yourselves doing is still in the front of both minds. You have to check in. Yeah. Hey, are we still excited about this? Is this still the goal? You know, because and here's what happens. So you and Dustin have a financial goal. Yep. And he comes home with new golf clubs. Uh-huh. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't know how much golf clubs are. We'll make up a number. That's fifteen hundred dollars. I thought we right. were saving for such and such. Yeah. yeah, but I need, you know, in the meantime, life can't stop. So I'm gonna start playing golf on the weekends. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Not only did you spend fifteen hundred bucks on golf clubs, but aren't greens fees kind of expensive? Don't they add up? I thought we were because I've been sacrificing my Stitch Fix boxes, right? <laughs> and now you're spending money. That doesn't feel like we're on the same page. Yeah. Okay. And I know that I'm giving kind of an outrageous example, but that's the kind of thing I hear all the time. One of the Really early on, when Dustin was still in grad school, we at the time said, okay, if one of us has to spend more than $50, we'll check in with the other person. Perfect. Now, $50 at that time was a significant sum of money for us. Um, So that sort of protected us from ever being surprised financially. Mm Mm-hmm. In that sort mm-hmm. of way, because I do think finances is another really crazy place where couples get unhinged. Mm-hmm. But having that limit, whatever it may be, is really served us quite well, actually. And and by the way, we don't even have that like a limit anymore. But we are just in the habit of checking with each other on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's now become second nature. So important, but keep in mind, it's less about the financial and more about the, you're checking in to make sure you're on the same page. exactly. Right. It's, you know, you have something to look forward to in this goal and you're intermittently checking in to say, hey, are we on the same page? Right. So I'm, I'm, and I'm pointing that out because I want to make it clear that it doesn't matter if it's money, workout, diet, kids, it doesn't matter what it is. It Mm-hmm. The the elements of that commitment are the same. Right. All right. So number five, make sure that you are always invested in sharing at least one interest. This is easy when we're dating and it gets harder if we're not paying attention over time. Yeah. Because, you know, we become 
you know, we're autonomous individuals. And so we both have the things that we get into. And again, I see people who started out, one couple comes to mind, they started out biking together. And then she got pregnant and she couldn't really bike the way that she, that they were doing. So he kept biking and that stayed a top priority for him. She, on the other had one on the other hand, when she had a couple of kids and babies, biking became less of a priority for her. And she joined, I, I think it was a country club, but she would spend a lot of time at the pool. Well, he would go biking and she'd be at the pool with the kids. And over time, their interests completely diverged. She yeah. developed a group of friends at the pool. He had his biking people and they didn't stop and reconnect with another interest. Yeah. And their and their marriage was in trouble. Yeah. I can see how it would be, you know, you just don't think about that, I guess, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're miles apart. Exactly. And yeah. that's the key here, right? And then again, you're you're gonna kind of connect. You're going to remember that, hey, we don't, I'm realizing we don't have any interest. Let me connect and make sure we're still on the same page. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. So number six, cuddle often. Now, this, I'm not talking about sex. Yeah. This one always makes me laugh so hard. This Why? Is, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I think I might have mentioned this last week. But my husband is the fidgetiest person I've ever met. He cannot stand. He can't stand for me to like snuggle up next to him. Like I can feel his body tense because he just has to move. And of course, I do it now just to get on his nerve because I'm that way. But (laughs) we do really well sitting in bed together, maybe holding a hand. That's okay. That's the Sleesman equivalent of cuddle. <laughs> okay. All right. As long as you are making sure that you are checking <laughs> in with each other. And right. you know, and and I want to make it I think you bring up a good point. And I want to make it clear that cuddling is to you what it is to you. It doesn't okay. have to be the 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 um literal you don't version. Have to be the little spoon, big spoon. Yeah. No, although, you know, probably my most popular blog post ever, like it when I got a WordPress notification that my post was going viral. Yeah. Was to have a snuggle buddy and to a snuggle buddy and to make sure that you were cuddling with someone for five minutes every day. And when I say cuddle, I mean spoon. I tell people usually you need to have you kind of reverse the spoon so that she is holding him because many of the men that I talk to have a hard time just spooning and or if there's arousal during the spooning she gets an attitude because she just wants to spoon she doesn't want to have to be dealing with other things and you know it's kind of hard I mean you're spooning, you're all comfortable and nature takes its course, right? But right. if you don't want, if you don't, it, so reverse it if that's problematic. She yeah. can hold him. 
or you can say, you know, if it, I just think we used to, I used to sit with my feet in Harlan's lap and I loved that. That was so cuddling time. He, he preferred to put his head on my shoulder. Like if we were laying in bed, he would kind of snuggle up to me. Or we would, like I said last week, back to back. Because sometimes yeah. just being able to feel that person, it, it there's kind of this leaning on that happens, right? When you're back to back, that can be yeah. very safe and secure. Yeah. All right. Number Next. seven. Schedule maintenance. Now, what I mean by this is that you must schedule relationship maintenance time. That can be date night. It can be a weekend away. It can be checking in with a marriage counselor or a marriage coach every so often. It can be, I guess those are the the big ones. Big ones, yeah. But, But it absolutely needs to be on your calendar with a plan, a budget, and completed. My dad moved to Pennsylvania two miles from us mm-hmm. over the summer. And we went 11 years as parents without living near anybody. And now that my dad is here, every single Saturday, the kids sleep over at his house. That's amazing. It is like, I, I, I mean, talk about a 180. <laughs> Good yeah, thing he had that vasectomy. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny because we're like, you know, we did the whole like formal date night thing and we're like, gosh, we don't want to go out to these extravagant dinners every week. Like that really adds up. And a couple of times we've done like work things together, which were weird. That is actually really something that we both enjoy. But yeah, we're like, this is, is this what normal people have like this whole time? Because we really, it still seems crazy, but it's lovely. Yeah, and, and I would say, no, it's not normal. Yeah. I think I went from one not normal to another not normal, just on yeah on extreme ends. <laughs> yeah. It sounds, I mean, I don't think that's normal from my experience. Number one, most of us still don't have people who live close by. Right. You know, I think about Frank and Rosie. They don't have anybody that lives close by. Exactly. And I also think that many of our weekends are spent running in different directions with our children, but you've done such a good job about not overscheduling them. Right. And COVID has taken care of some of that, I guess. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that good for you that you have this opportunity, take complete and total advantage of it. Yep. And, you know, I would tell people that this marriage maintenance, when I said, make sure that there's a budget for it. Divorce is expensive. Mm-hmm. If you figure that a, a t- the average divorce costs 60 grand and you want to be oh, married. Is that 60- true? I think so. Yeah. Holy smokes. Okay. We're talking average. I can tell you mine was triple digits between the two of us. <gasps> or, oh quite, you know, my gosh. Yeah. Between the two of us, it was triple. And the more, con- you know, the more contested, you can get divorced for less. That's why I'm saying average. Sure, sure. You know, if it's, 
I have a couple right now who's splitting up. They don't have any joint assets. They don't have any children. Their divorce is going to be probably, well, it's at least three grand. I mean, the I know that based on what my clients tell me that the retainers, just the retainer to start a discussion is between three and $5,000. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I, I have never heard of a number, I guess, in relationship to that. And that is shocking to me. Yeah. It it's crazy. Crazy crazy. So having said that, tens of thousands of dollars or you put aside $1000 a year for every right. year that you're married and you go spend it on a weekend away. Yeah. You know, and and you you have and I mean really you could do if you're frugal, you could do three weekends or four weekends on a thousand bucks a year. Take yeah, food from yeah. home, rent a little cap- camping cabin at a KOA camp or Airbnb. Yeah. And just sit outside by a fire and talk to each other and take walks in the woods. The cost of maintaining your relationship doesn't have to be a penthouse on the New York City skyline. No. You know, it, it can be simple and quiet and low maintenance. It can be a tent in a federal park or a state park for 10 bucks a night, you know? Yeah. For for a while when we didn't have sitters or money, it was a porch date. Exactly. I mean, we talked you know, about just, that. Just because you're poor yeah. doesn't mean that you're doomed to divorce, obviously. That's right. But, that's, you know, you just have right. to get creative. That's all. Yeah. All right, number nine, moving on, loyalty. I think loyalty is huge. The number of people who say to me, I don't feel like my partner has my back is overwhelming. Have your partner's back. If you disagree with your partner, don't do it in public. Don't say anything to anybody else other than a therapist that you wouldn't say to your partner because the odds are it's going to get back to them. And now it feels like you're talking behind their back. Yeah. And to this, I would also add with kids, don't, don't like undermine and what your partner says in front of your kids. Yes, yes, yes. Do not undermine them. Yeah. Very, very important. Yeah. Number nine, forgive often. Now. I'm going to clarify this just for a second. I'm not saying that if somebody's lying to you over and over and over again, you keep forgiving over and over and over again. Keep in mind, acts or mis- mistakes and accidents happen, but the second, third, yeah. fourth, fifth, sixth time, it's not a mistake or an accident. Now it's a choice and that's a problem. Yeah. So when I say forgive, I mean when somebody makes a mistake, forgive them. And then number 10, let it go. You got to tell you. Yeah, let it go. Can I tell you how many times people sit in my office and say, well, five years ago when he lost his job, he wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Or, you know, I have begged her to at least just do the dishes before she goes to bed, but she can't get it done. There was one time about 15 years ago, and I'm like, oh my freaking gosh. Yeah, that, 
I mean, ha- first of all, kudos to those people who have great memories like that. <laughs> <laughs> that takes some mental whatever to remember all of that. But it just doesn't help is the bottom line. It, it never once have I brought up something old or has my husband brought up something old that's ever moved us forward. Well, Leslie, you're really just over and over again letting us all experience or see these qualities in demonstration. Now, keep in mind, what I'm saying here is that when we communicate well, we appreciate each other, we have something to look forward to, we check in, we share interests, we cuddle, we have date nights, we're loyal, we forgive and we let go, we can have a healthy relationship. Yeah. There you go. In a nutshell. I mean, it's it's as simple and as hard as that. (laughs) It's magic. (laughs) It's magic. When you do it, it is magic. Yeah. I want to make, I just really want to stress that. When you do it, it's magic. Yeah. All right. And that is our Try This at Home this week. Do you have anything else to add? I don't think so, other than I I feel very lucky for my husband. And he's very easygoing, which is also in my favor, I think. But Well, and what I know about you is that you're self-aware and you're open to, you know, we didn't even put any of these things down, but we have so many podcasts that talk about these things in the interim. It's, you know, the personal responsibility, the self-awareness, the willingness to grow. It's all, it's having the growth mindset. It's all of those things yeah, kind of tucked in between these items so that you're a healthy individual coming into this partnership. Remember... Oh. You cannot create a healthy relationship with two unhealthy people. That's right. Yeah. So when you listen to everything else we've said, (laughs) and you are a healthy person, (laughs) then you can come in and listen to this advice and have a healthy relationship. There you go. (laughs) All right. So that is our discussion for today. We hope that you will share this with people that you love and care about, in particular, your partner. For now, this is Leslie and Leslin, hoping you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional. 